Okay, so welcome. We've got Michael Jander on the show today, and he's talking to us all about transitioning from a traditional career into building your business. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Michael. Oh, thank you. It's super fun to be here. I appreciate it. I love being on podcasts, and I love meeting new people, and I love having deep conversations about all this kind of stuff that I'm passionate about. So it's always fun. Thank you. Definitely. And uh, we were just talking about it, weren't we, that we met on Danielle's branding masterclass or workshop that we did, which mm-hmm. was really interesting. We got stuck into things like the new McDonald's advert, um, all sorts of other real branding treats. So, yeah, yeah perhaps it lots was super of good fun. I'm going to put that on my YouTube channel at some point. So it, maybe when people are listening to this, it'll already be on there. I need to put together an edit, but. Yeah, it was a fun conversation about branding and some of the changes and things that have happened in recent years and uh, just all about how do you strategize and reach your customers? Yeah, yeah. if we do that, let's get that in the show notes so that people can follow the link. But while we're here talking about this, let's talk more about your journey. So you had your own agency, didn't you? Your own creative agency. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so tell us tell us a little bit about, about that, that story there. So I... Uh, it goes back to two, 2002 is when I started freelancing and my freelance business became turned in, into my agency. And it was during, I started during the dot-com era when all of the dot-com stocks were going public and everything was going crazy and everybody's throwing stupid money at, at unprofitable companies in the dot-com boom. And during that time, it all blew up at the end in kind of 2001 and we had September 11th and the terrorist attacks and things. And both the the combination of those two things kind of spiraled the economy down. And I was working for Fox studios at the time and Fox decided to sell our divisions to Disney. And then Disney spent a year and a half, just little by little dismantling the Fox people as they integrated all of the shows and things into the Disney uh, businesses. And uh, during that time, I had friends who started working, finding other jobs, and they started sending me freelance work. And when it finally came time for me to get laid off along with the rest of the people, then I, I that next week, I had 40 hours worth of freelance work to do for friends of mine that had landed at other jobs. And so I started just on that journey, and I was a, a paranoid business founder. I was like, I didn't believe that this was going to be what I was going to be doing. I kept looking for jobs for six months after I, I mean, I was billing a lot of money as a freelancer and I still didn't have the confidence or vision to know that, oh, this is going to be what I'm doing. So I just kept looking for jobs. And then finally it got to the point where I was doing, you know, the 60, 80 hour weeks every single week. And finally, took the plunge and hired my first person to help. And then a year later, I had five employees and my first little office space. And then a year after that, it was 12 employees and things were going gangbusters. And so once I kind of opened the floodgates, it just started to grow like crazy. And then it it grew over 13 years and Got to 20-something employees and doing millions of dollars in revenue and and then sold my agency in 2015, uh, which was kind of the the last little milestone in that process. And so that was my journey. But I I think something that's interesting and and that probably resonates with a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs is that it's scary. I was scared to death. Like just, and I and I never just launched out and said, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a decision. It was kind of like I was forced into it by not finding another job in a down economy. And I'm so grateful that that happened. I'm not sure that I would have had the confidence to do it otherwise. But now here I am 20 something years later. And I, the thought of ever working for somebody. So it's it's just not going to happen. I don't think there's a a position out there that would make me not be an entrepreneur uh, because I love that life so much. Well, thank you for sharing that, that, that honesty, because I think there are a lot of people that don't believe in themselves. And in that period where they're transitioning, they are ready to just throw in the towel and go straight back to the comfort of a guaranteed salary. Yeah. So it's really interesting that you went through that stage, 
and then built this incredibly successful business and and that you can share that with us i guess was there an element of resistance when you were taking clients on um no <laughs> that was the thing too i was so fear based and so when i would get a request i would i would think oh man i've got to figure out how to do this i got to figure out how to do it and come to a price that's going to work for the client and and take it because i didn't want to lose the client or the potential project and have it go to somebody else and then their business starts to grow instead of mine and and i was really fear based in my mm -hmm. early days of business and and just said yes Definitely. and i trusted my ability to figure it out i was even saying yes to things i had never done before but you know if it's a repeating client who loves working with me on one type of project and then they want to hire me for a different type of project that's not my core expertise i'm the kind of person who will say okay yeah i'll do it here's a price and then i'll go and hurry and figure out yeah. how to do it and i think that that's a great attribute in every entrepreneur you got to trust that you can solve it on the fly and there's a lot of that in entrepreneurship and if you're good at that man then there's no limit to to where you can take your own business and now of course you help creatives to build businesses like yours Mm -hmm. So, so who's a creative? Tell me who who would that be? A, a design freelancer, an illustration, an illustrator, a videographer, a photographer, a marketer, SEO person could be a programmer. That whole bunch of creative types of industry people. And when and when you help them, what kind of things come up for those people? Oh, it's all the same stuff that I went through. Like I am so in touch with the people that I work with in, in the content that I deliver. I know what they're afraid of. I know how clients are taking advantage of them. I know how they're just guessing at their prices. I know how they don't know how to make a contract or a proposal or sell their services. I know all that because I didn't know any of that when I started and I had to figure it all out. And that's one of the passions that I have now is helping people through all the stuff that I just figured out on the fly, helping them to get through this whole process a little more smoothly, a lot more smoothly than what I did. And, and some of it is this scaling, the, the going from how do you, how do you leave your job? Cause I've helped a number of people do that through just one-on-one -on -one coaching. They start having me coach while they're still working and they know they're going to start their agency and so we walk through the process of getting them all set up and ready, and then they go off on their own. And then how are they scaling? You know, how do you hire your first person? And how do you get from one employee to 20 employees? How do you make that transition? Um, I work with a lot of people on those kinds of things, because mm -hmm. if you haven't been through it, you really don't know. And there's not like a book you can go and read that's that gives you the play-by-play -play on it because it's a little different for everybody. Yeah. yeah. I find, you know, on top of the fear-based stuff that comes up, there's also an element of um, how do I get my first client? And and it sounds like you had a really good network. You had people who, who'd left and who'd gone to work yeah. elsewhere and, and they got work coming in. But yeah. I, I know from the people that I work with, they haven't managed to keep that network up necessarily or their network are all people who are employed by big corporates who have their own people. They're not necessarily there to outsource. So it's yeah. harder to yeah. find your first client. And if you can't find your first client quickly, you feel like you're failing. You're not a proper business. Totally. So you're not, you need a quick win. You almost need that quick sale just to keep yeah. you going a little bit. And, and I do know people who have been struggling over this last 12 months to sort of figure that out. And, yeah. and I, I don't know what, you know, what do you think about I, that? You know, the, my, the people I knew were, that were my first clients, they were work, they were my coworkers and I was building relationships with them for my freelance business when I didn't even know I was going to have a freelance business. I was just becoming friends with my coworkers and going to lunch and, you know, building those relationships with those people. And then when I do, went out on my own, I had this trusting relationship built up. But when I was doing it, it wasn't, there was no 
ulterior motive. Like I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, someday I'm going to make friends with this person. And then someday they're going to be a client. I just did it just to be friendly and nice and enjoy working and having relationships with the people that I worked with. And I think that that's the key for people. If you're, if your network of people right now are your coworkers, well, that's the way it was for me. They were my coworkers and your coworkers will be promoted over time. And if you're 22 years old and the people you hang out with in the business that you work for are all 22 and 23 years old and they're all kind of junior in their position, well, that's not always going to be the case. And those people are going to become the leaders of departments and their own entrepreneurs in the future. And the relationship you're building with those people now can become easily your future clients, even though you may not see it right now. And I'm never a fan of saying, okay, you got to go and work your relationships so that you can get, get clients out of all your friends. It's not that. Just be friendly and be a little bit outgoing and try and build meaningful relationships with people. It'll enrich your life just in general. And then you'll get a byproduct of having new opportunities come to you. One of my best friends um, who was, I sold my agency in 2015 and one of the partners of the agency I sold to became one of my best friends and he was the marketing CMO uh, partner over there. Anyway, he just messaged me. My friend has gotten millions of dollars of investment money into a cell phone business that he started a couple years ago. And now it's starting to take off and, and they're doing really well. And they, and he just hired his best friend as the CMO for his company. And this is somebody who he's hired at multiple different companies that he's worked with in the past. And so this thing that your network, your network really is this gateway to, to future opportunities mm -hmm. in, in almost every business, like mm -hmm. it's people hire and the people that they know and trust. It just is the way that it is, especially in this creative industry mm -hmm. where, you know, the, the deliverables are subjective and is the design good? Is it not good? Well, the client might think it's good, not good. They just want somebody they can trust. It, it doesn't even always matter that it's the greatest work ever. They just want somebody who's trustworthy to produce it. Yeah. And that's the person who gets the work. Yeah, yeah. Well, humans buy from humans, and we're seeing that yeah. more and more with with brands putting faces to their brands, even yeah. more so than ever. Um, and I guess the only other thing I, I would add to that is, you know, since the pandemic, we've seen a lot more lean teams, so a lot more corporates wanting to run on skeleton staff. Yeah. So they'll outsource the special projects a lot more. So we're seeing a lot more of the gig economy. We're seeing a lot more of. of project-based consultancy coming in i'll deliver that and then i'll i'll ship out versus having your own internal it team yeah, that do yeah. everything for you and it, yeah. and it's a win-win it's a win-win for businesses because they get to run with less cost uh yeah. less overhead and obviously the, the you know the employment uh, employees with permanent contracts come with a lot of overhead but also you know from your perspective you get to use those same skills and i, I see it coming from a tech background a data background i see project managers business analysts i see people who specialize in system design, all working as project teams outsourced, not even for a company. So there is a lot more opportunity now than there yeah, was before. Totally. That gig economy, and everybody should be embracing that. And entrepreneurship, I mean, it's, it is the future of so many people that don't even know it yet, that in the future... The, the amount of jobs will be smaller. There'll be a lot of this outsourcing. We're already seeing it happen now. Um, before the pandemic, when I would coach somebody who's building an agency, my advice was what my journey was. It was, okay, well, let's build this up. We're going to get you know, offices in a high rise in Singapore, and we're going to have glass walled office and home court advantage. That's what we're going to build. This is going to be epic. And now post pandemic, I, I don't recommend that anymore. I sold my commercial space, my studio space mm -hmm. a year and a half ago or so. And I thought I would never sell it because I loved that space. I designed the space, but it made so much sense 
with so many people going remote and these tighter, smaller teams and outsourcing uh, by the gig instead of employing all the people and outsourcing anywhere in the world, like you can have the most talented people on mm -hmm. your team and they can be everywhere in the world. They don't have to be down the street from you and come into the office. It just isn't the way that the world is anymore. And the pandemic accelerated that by probably a decade from where it would have been without the pandemic. Absolutely. Well, the, all the tools just sort of came and fell into place, didn't they? Yeah. All the yeah. conferencing tools that had been sort of outdated and really cumbersome to use. All of a sudden, there's all these, you know, workspaces that are easy to collaborate on and yeah. communicate with clients and so on. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely has. Um, so if we were to give some top tips to our listeners for starting their business... I've got a few things that I know is is key to me, but yes. what would you what would you say to Why your don't you do you do one of yours first? You okay. Let's just let's tennis match this, and and you okay. do one, and then I'll do one. I would love that. So, but uh, I've talked a lot already. So, what do you got on top tips to starting a business? Okay, big thing here is asking for help or asking for guidance. You are not an island. You know that saying that we say, but we don't do. You know, I used to think I've got to do it all myself. I've got to figure everything out myself. And I can do this. You know, I, you put that pressure on yourself. But what you realize is if, do you know what, if I just get on a phone call with somebody who's been there, built yeah. it, or taken that first step, I could learn so much more. And to now be able to have this network of people, I can jump on a call and say, hey, I'm just doing this, but it's not going very well. And them to give me the benefit of their experience yeah. means you just accelerate forward 20 steps but also you have that confidence then because you're like hey all I got to do is what they did you know it's working for them it's got to work for me if I just take the right steps and th and that brings me on to my second one which is mindset because I think you underestimate when you're an employee it's really easy to get comfortable keep doing the same job but you get pigeonholed you carry on with your skill set and and it's and it's fine you know in in a corporate job i'll do what i'm paid for doing and i'll i th feel like i'm giving 120% but when you go out on your own you've all of a sudden got to have that unwavering faith in yourself this self belief but also a real growth mindset you said you said this you had to learn things you had to take on work and figure it out and just know that you'll problem solve your way out of it and that's really 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 key so yeah, asking asking somebody for help, asking people how they did things, not being afraid of starting small and, and showing up and saying, hey, I don't know, but can you tell me? Can you help me? People, yeah. I I also used to think people don't like to help you. You know, why would they tell me? I'm a nobody. I'm just starting. They just, I'm competition to them. No, actually, we love to help each other. I know, it's crazy. You know, like the people who no DM me don't think that because I, I write back DMs. I solve people's problems all the time through my Instagram community, my DMs. Um, and I love it. Like, I love it when they when they reach out and ask me for some advice. It's it's, it, it's it great. It feels good. Yeah. It's good. It. Yeah, it it, is. exactly. Yeah. You know, I love I love it when I'm helping somebody who's further back on the journey than I am with yeah. the, and the stuff I know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Anyway, go on over to I you. I think then, a Mike. lot of people are like that. You know, I I've traveled all over the world and met people. And, you know, if you if you turn on the news the news media would have you believe that people in this country or that country hate the people in this country or that country. And, but man, you go to those countries and you meet the real people there and the goodness of people is consistent everywhere I've traveled in the entire world, Middle East, Russia, Europe, South America, I've been all over and, um, and people are good and they want to help each other. And I believe that. So I, I love that point that you made to ask for help. Um, I wish I would have. I wish I would have had somebody. And I, I mm. built my agency in a time when it wasn't as accessible as today. There was no social media. I couldn't go and follow a channel on YouTube when it didn't even exist and learn stuff. From some, or build a relationship. Well, look at you and I here. You know, you're in the UK. I'm in the United States. We're talking on a Zoom call. We never would have met 20 years ago. There's there's like no scenario where our paths would have crossed like this. And so, um, I, I I just love that aspect of the business world today. Okay, let me give you a couple of things. If I were uh, starting a business, these are a couple of things that I wish that I would have done or known 
the first one, I wish I would have hired people sooner. Mm, I, I waited too long. I, I was working myself. I had money in the bank, but I didn't know if I, how much should I have? Did I need to have more? Did I not have enough? Blah, blah, blah. I had that little devil on my shoulder saying, Mm. Oh, you don't have enough money. You can't afford to hire somebody. I wish I would have hired people sooner because it wasn't as scary as what I thought it was going to be. You were going to say something, Sue? How do you know when that when you've reached that moment and you have got you know that got enough in the bank? Yeah. How do you how do you how do you reach that point and say, Mm -hmm. okay, now what I learned in retrospect was that you need three to six months of cash flow coverage. So if your if your business cash flow costs ten thousand dollars a month then you should have 30 to $60,000 of of money accessible to you. Now, it doesn't all have to be money in the bank because you could have a $5,000 a month retainer with a client and now, and that's for six months, and now you know you have half the money you need, 15 or six months, 30,000. I mean, that's $5,000 a month retainer for the next six months is 30,000. So that would hit your three months of cash flow coverage if your coverage needs to cover that 10,000 per month. I just didn't know those numbers. Like I I didn't understand that. And so I just kept stockpiling money until it was hundreds of thousands of dollars that I didn't need to have just sitting in a savings account before I hired people. Um, So I wish I would have hired sooner. I got one more question there, Mike, before we move on. What skill set did you need? Did you hire first, or wish you'd hired first, even if you didn't? I like the way that I hired. I hired production people first. Oh, okay. I so hired people who could just revenue generating. Yeah, I would. Heads. I would design the first comp and get it approved by the client. Let's say it was a website. I designed mm-hmm. the website. The client likes the homepage. I designed the homepage. Okay, now my production person can design the other 15 pages based on the homepage design. So that was kind of the mindset that I had. And I liked that because it kept my costs a little lower at the start when I was getting comfortable with hiring people. I didn't hire six-figure people first. Um, The other thing I was going to say about hiring that even in the recession, when it hit my agency in October of 2008, by March of the next year, I I lost money from October, November, December, January, February, March, and then things started to turn around. So even in that scenario, I only needed six months worth of money in the bank. And that was the, the biggest economic downturn that you and I have seen in our lifetime since the Great Depression, it was the biggest economic downturn yeah. um, in in Western mm-hmm. culture, mm-hmm. and um, and I still only needed six months. So the idea that you're going to need more than six months worth of of cash flow coverage is just extremely low chances that you'd ever need more than than that. And in fact, most people can get do with the three months of cash flow coverage before they I'm start. Glad, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because obviously, well, right now, certainly in the UK and I'm guessing in the US as well, there's talk of this downturn and it's yeah. the worst economic crisis of our lives. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's all this doom and gloom, which does make people reluctant to step out and, and take on yeah. work as an entrepreneur because you're constantly thinking, you know, where's my safest option? And it usually is your comfort zone. So we stay in our comfort zone, and then we don't put ourselves forward. But the reality is loads of businesses have started in a recession have been very successful. Yeah. And I think there's a certain element of if you can get yourself visible right now, when other people are going to be scaling back their spend on ads on social yeah. media, you know, the, those accounts, because it seems like a luxury, you can get your name out there, you can be seen and be visible at a time now that when everybody starts spending in 12 months time, two years time, whenever it is, yeah. like you go back to your colleagues, you know, when those people are in a position to start spending, you're, you're on your you're, front of mind. Yeah. And that's, that's what we want to be, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The, um, and I, and I, here's what I believe about the, the, the news, the doom and gloom from the news. Uh, I barely even pay attention to any news cause it's not news. It's just sensationalized drama. I can't stand it. So 
what I believe is that we've already been in an economic downturn. I mean, COVID is now three years behind us and the economy has been fragile since day one. There have been a couple of downturns in the markets and I, I, and now, you know, the naysayers of the bear market, people are saying, oh, this is going to be it. 2023, the, the biggest economic collapse that we've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> we've already, we've already been hanging on to the economy just for three years and it hasn't collapsed like it did in the 2008, 2009, 2007 recession. I, I tend to be more optimistic and I believe that the future's bright. And I do believe that if you've made it until now, that you're probably just going to be just fine. And even if if you haven't, you know what? You're just going to be fine too. Like it all turns out okay. Somehow, somehow we have these miserable moments in our careers where we think I'm never going to get another project. I'm never going to get another job. I'm, I'm going to have to move out on the street and live in a box. And the truth is, is that for the vast majority of people, that's not what happens. That's our doom and gloom version of what might happen, but it is just not the likely scenario. The likely scenario is that even if we have an economic downturn of some kind, that you're gonna come out the other end having learned a whole bunch of things, probably still having some money in the bank, probably still having a client or two or a job um, or at least being more qualified than you were going into it to get a better job or more clients after. And the truth of this is too, is that those those economic downturns don't last nearly as long as the upturns. I just did a video on my YouTube channel about this, but and I did a bunch of research on the last hundred years and all of the economic downturns. And there have been 85 eras of good booming economy and 15 economic downturns over the last hundred years. Wow. 15. And, and in the last like 40 years, those downturns that we've had have lasted two months, six months. The long one would be 10 months, like the Great Recession, 10 months. Following that 10-month downturn, was seven years of booming economy until we had another backslide that lasted five months. And then we had 10 years of booming economy. So the the positive perspective dramatically outweighs any of the, the data that would suggest that we're going to have some long, sustained, miserable downturn. We might have one, and it's going to last somewhere between two and 10 months, and then you're going to have 10 years of rock and roll after. Well, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't that be a completely different perspective on things if that was what was in the media? Oh, totally it's, would. In, but that's the reality of the data. If you look at the, if you do the research, that's what the data really says. And so why, why aren't the newscasters putting that spin on it? Because they want us to feel fearful for some because it sells. It gets you tuned in every day to see what the disaster is going to be tomorrow. And ugh, that's no way to live. Turn off the news. That's that's the advice. That's Turn it. off the news. You have no control <laughs> over agree. it, you know? No. Stu, you and I were talking. You've got yeah. kids, you're married, you're running a business, you got a podcast. You don't have time to go and spin your wheels and worry about a bunch of stuff you have no control over at all. You've got plenty of stuff that you do have some influence mm -hmm. over that should be taking up your time. And yeah. I think most yeah. people would benefit from just turning off the news and worry about this little microcosm of the universe that you do have some kind of influence over. Yeah, 100%. No, yeah. I'm not a big news listener at all. I, I do turn off from it for a few years now. And I think it's noise. It's noise that means you're constantly questioning your decision making because yeah. there's all this, like you said, there's all this stuff I can't control over there. But how I respond, what I'm doing here, this this microclimate as it is, this is what we can do something about. So yeah. 
us showing up online, us putting ourselves forward as entrepreneurs, us saying we can do projects, you know, we can keep helping clients, we can keep yeah. helping people with our content. It doesn't matter what's going out on out there or what noise is being created. You, you just it's... can't influence it at all. We get an opportunity in, in democratic nations, we get an opportunity to vote in whatever cadence we get. And you can vote and yeah, you can go and, and grab a sign and march against your government on whatever platform you wanna do. Does it does that ever really make the difference? We can go burn down stores and riot. And does that ever really change the politics? No, it really doesn't. We get an opportunity to vote on the cadences that we get. And outside of that, there's not a ton that we can do individually to influence the the bigger picture stuff that happen in, in the world. And you know, some people watching this would say, no, you should be picketing on things. And, and I understand that. Um, but I don't know, even when it comes to that, I sit back and say, I've got three kids. I've got my wife at home. I've got, I've got my family members who, uh, you know, we had a brother-in-law who had ALS for the last three years and he passed away last, last year. I have, my hands were full with things in my own immediate life that needed my attention, I didn't have time to go and burn down Target. You know, I just, I was trying to help close family members through life-changing trauma. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to okay. we're starting. We're off base now. We're on some <laughs> tangent. <laughs> Moving back to starting a business, I find that people will hold back from actually taking action. So we're really good planners. We're really good about talking about our dreams. But when it comes to doing something like you are great at creating content, you have your YouTube channel, mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of content that you put out there and your courses that really help pe and inspire people. But I know as a podcaster, there's been many times that I've felt resistance was stepping in front of the mic and delivering yeah. something and yeah. trying to get to that root cause. I mean, I was doing a show earlier on, we were talking about resistance and trying to get to the root cause, but I just want to want to talk a little bit about that because I think there's a perception from other people that, Hey, you're so confident. You don't, you don't experience this. So you don't understand what I'm going through. And therefore I'm going to keep, no, I'm not talking to talking about it. I'm going to talk about my ideas, but I'm not going to take action on them um, and execute them because I've got this resistance and anxiety or maybe procrastination or whatever's going on here. But I feel like I'm the only person that experiences this and everybody else mm. is crushing it because they feel different. And I, yeah. you came, you come across as super confident and you've obviously mm. put yourself out into the world. And I just wondered, did you ever feel that? And, and how, how do you drag yourself into this new routine of sticking yourself in front of a camera every day? I feel, I still feel it. I still feel the resistance to to do that i all it takes is one hater mm -hmm. and then oh, I, I can get horrible. i can i know it's the worst <laughs> i can get a thousand people who click that they like a video and if one person drops in the comments that it was stupid or that Keyboard makes fun worries. of my Ooh. bald head or whatever, I, all of a sudden, boom, it can destroy the confidence that I should mm -hmm. have from the 1000 people. And I think that that's something that we do is like, we put so much weight on the opinion of some one hater that we forget the hundreds or thousands of people that support and love to hear from us. I've, I've watched some of your YouTube videos and prepping for our conversation and stuff. And you come across as super confident on your YouTube channel and stuff, but your YouTube channel is has just a trickle of traction right now. And that can mm -hmm. just be a self-esteem mm -hmm. destroyer where you're like, mm -hmm. I'm putting my best stuff out there and nobody's watching it. What am I going to do? You know, mm -hmm. these kinds of things are the little devils on our shoulder that are whispering that we suck. And yeah. you have to figure out how to say, no, I don't suck. And even if it just gets to one person that finds value in it, then it's worth me doing it to just enrich one person's life. And how much better it would be if five people saw it or 50 or 50,000. 
And the, in you, you, there's no level of satisfaction. I, and I can tell you this from having grown my channels, my especially my Instagram. Man, when I first started growing my Instagram channel, I thought, oh, somebody it would be it would be cool if I had like thirty thousand followers on Instagram. That would be amazing. And then I'm I was growing by ten thousand followers a month at the beginning, and so it was just three months later I had the thirty thousand. I didn't feel any better. Now I was looking at it saying, oh, man, it would be so cool to have 50,000 or it'd be so cool to hit 100,000. There's no level of satisfaction where you sit back and all of a sudden you say, now I'm confident because I have all these followers. It's still there. All, the imposter syndrome is still there. Most of the time when you're getting on content like this, you got to fake, you got to fake it and say, well, this could be myself. And if people like it, great. And if they don't like it, that's fine too. And if they hate on it, that's, I guess, whatever. I, I'm i just going to put myself out there however it is. And um, I do a lot of that, especially when I get on my like Instagram stories. When I get on video on my Instagram stories, I sit back and think, man, does anybody even want to watch some of this? I'm just talking about something. And, and the truth is, is that people do. People do want to hear from you. They want to have a relationship with you. There's there are people out there for you. I find there's a few things you can trick yourself into starting. So this thing that we've done here, so we've scheduled a call and that's great because if you scheduled it with somebody else, you've got to show up and, and deliver. Yeah, that's great. And that's a, you ain't, you ain't brushing this one under the carpet. Mm -hmm. But when you're recording content on your own, that's the hardest one. And that one, I feel that you have to try and get into a routine and I find a ritual before you start is really helpful. Mm -hmm. So it might be grabbing that coffee and sort of saying, this is the moment I step into the office with my mic. Um, I find having everything set up just sort of re removes that uh, procrastination around setting it up. It doesn't work. It's not logged in. It's not, yeah. it's not charged. This isn't available, whatever. And, and just, I promised myself I'll start. So when I started Instagram videos, what I did was I actually just said, I'm going to record something for 60 seconds every day on my phone. Mm. And I'm not going to put it out in the world. I'm just going to get used to recording something for 60 seconds. And and then eventually I was like, do you know what? I got into a role. This is quite easy. I could talk to the, my camera for 60 seconds about my subject. And at the time yeah. I was doing leadership coaching. Yeah, I was back in my corporate career and this was, this was my side hustle was leadership coaching. And, and then one day I just went, okay, I'm going to put it on Instagram live and we're going to do that for at least 60 seconds. And before I knew it, I'd rambled for 10 minutes yeah. and, and, you know, it was getting the thumbs up. But as you say, when you don't get that traction, when you don't get that feedback or you've got a hater in there, you do take that 10 times harder, you know, yeah. they're worth like 10 or a hundred times any of the positives or yeah. any of the compliments you get. And and that's that's something we've got to deal with. And, and I read something that if you're going to, you know, if you're going to read feedback, you've got to read the good and the bad and you've got to take it both on. And then I thought, that's fine. But there are so many keyboard warriors who are sat in their comfort zone, who are not entering the arena. Yeah. It's easy to be critical of somebody until yeah. you've done it, until you're in the in the ring. Yeah. And, and that's what? something I found, that we've got to remember. I found consistent that the hater who shows up on you and and bashes on whatever you're sharing or whatever, they don't even have a profile picture. They'll have like some little graphic or a little logo or something. They're not even putting their face in their profile picture. Watch this on social media. You're gonna find that the majority of the hater people who show up don't even show their own face mm -hmm. in their profile mm -hmm. picture. And so- you're so much farther ahead being having the confidence or the, at least the guts to go and at least put yourself out there in some way. Um, there's a book, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. It's so good. Uh -huh. It's such a good book. And mm -hmm. in one of those things, he talks about that even the best book in all the world has bad reviews, that it's not for everybody. Not everything is for everybody. The Bible that is exists to try and enrich the world that is the whole purpose of this book there's <laughs> there's nothing in it that is trying to lead you into a bad style of living but it has a ton of haters ton of haters that will hate on that so if the bible is going to have haters then certainly you and i are going to have haters now we just have to be careful on who we listen to um <laughs> 
And when I'm feeling it, Sue, and when I feel like, oh, I don't have the stamina to endure it, I don't even read the comments. I don't even look at them. I haven't read the book reviews of my books on, I have a couple published books on, and I haven't read my Amazon reviews in two years because, and they're overwhelmingly five-star positive reviews. And some people writing multiple paragraphs about how the book helped them and stuff. And then every once in a while, I'll get the one star person who comes in and just rips. And that one makes me not read any of the other ones. I don't even read them because I emotionally can't take it. So protect yourself, insulate yourself, put yourself out there, but insulate yourself from the feedback I think is beneficial too. Don't, you don't have to. You don't have to read it. You don't have to, you don't have to do it and just stick it out there and mm-hmm. let it be what it is. It now, is. here's something as we're talking about putting yourself out there. I, th- anybody who is, has any desire to be an entrepreneur or a, a department head or a business, a business leader, you know, or whatever, scaling up in your career in any kind of leadership kind of capacity I believe wholeheartedly that you have to be comfortable talking on video from today on. The days that you can hide and not be the a leader in and not be confident speaking in video format and recording yourself, those days are over. The the uncharismatic CEOs of yesteryear are going to be few and far between in the future because you have to have that that ability to speak to the little black circle mm-hmm. as if it's somebody else on the other end. You and mm-hmm. I are doing it now. We're you're we're across the world from each other and I know that we can see each other but it's still really yeah. this little black box that I have that I'm recording into and it's no different it doesn't have to be any different if we mm-hmm. turn off the person that's behind there you can still just talk you have to get comfortable doing it yeah yeah and i i think that's one thing that the pandemic's really helped I, I know there used to be zoom rooms and microsoft teams rooms where people would sneak in with an icon and never yeah. turn their camera on and, and yeah. i hate those meetings it's really like is anybody listening is anybody there yeah <laughs> can, we, can we just do this but i also know that there was a discomfort and people were working in the corner of their bedrooms and you know that's not nice either yeah but you know for those for those aspiring entrepreneurs that you just referred to or ceos future ceos and, and leaders you're absolutely right and i think if there's anybody listening who's thinking oh, shit i never want to do that i never yeah. want to go on camera i can't do that all i can say is i i think most people feel like that in the beginning. Yeah. The more you do anything, the the more relaxed and comfortable you get with it. And yeah. you just have to start. And if you're if you're currently in a job, just start turning your camera on when you join the team meetings. And you'll soon get used to the fact that it's just on and that's uh, there I am. And here's something I used to do actually when I was I was in these meetings is I find I would I would too too frequently be drawn to my own reflection. Um, not that I'm vain, but just like, yeah. oh, Sue, what do you look like today? Yeah. I mean, God, your hair's sticking up there, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, or what's that in your background? But what I do is I grab a post-it note and I'd stick it over my face. And yeah. um, I mean, nowadays, the tools, you can hide your face, you can drag it off the screen. You don't yeah. need to see yourself at all. Yeah. But just just not look at yourself if it's that bad. And then you just get used to it until eventually you can just do it. And yeah. we all start somewhere. Yeah. I had somebody ask me over the weekend, um, they, they either sent me an email or they commented in, maybe they sent me a DM, doesn't matter. They said, Hey, I love watching you on video. It's so great. You do so great on video. How did you get to where you can speak like that on video and make it interesting and engaging? And how did you, how did you do that? And I, and the answer was just practice, practice. Like my first videos it's that I did, I I turned on my camera. I, I'm not kidding. I shot for like four hours, edited for four hours and get a two minute video out of the thing. And a- it took me the entire day. And now after we're done here, I'm going to go into I have a little studio room next to me and I'm going to go in there and shoot a bunch of content and it's going to be one take and I'm going to come back to my desk and I'm going to edit it and get it ready and schedule it to post. And yeah. I don't have multiple takes. I don't second guess myself in the delivery. You get a lot better at 
speaking while the thoughts are coming to you. Mm -hmm. And so the, the stutters and the, um, 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 that kind of stuff, that stuff goes away. You just get better and better at it, but it all comes with practice like anything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So a couple thoughts on, on this while we're talking about it, some people get nervous about their appearance and there are some uglier people than you that are out there putting themselves in front of camera every single day. That's a fact. There are some less charismatic people than you that are out there every day putting themselves in front of a camera. That's a fact as well. There, as far as entrepreneurship, there are less skilled, less capable people than you that are out there growing a business right now. They're out there. I promise. I've met them. I've, I've met a lot of them. And you look at it and say, how in the world does this uncharismatic, ugly, um, lacking skill person have this multi-million dollar business. And the truth is, is that they're just going for it. That's the difference between them and you is that they're just going for it and you're not. And I think that that's this little kick in the pants for some of the people listening, thinking, oh, we might, should I do this? Can I do it? Yeah. Other people worse than you are doing it and they're doing it successfully. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you it's, don't, you don't, you don't need to be pretty. It's okay. It's fine. But uh, no, I a hundred percent. Yeah. They are just yeah. going for it. And that's, that's the difference. I, I, for me, you know, having worked, you know, in a corporate as well, I just see so much unused potential, just mm-hmm. wasted talent and wasted people just not believing in themselves to have yeah. a go and execute on some of this stuff. And, and, and must, you know, I frustrated the hell out of myself with this, this potential inside me thinking, I'm sure I can do more. I'm sure I can do more. How do I, figure this out and how do I mm-hmm. overcome my own resistance? So th- sound advice, Michael, sound, yeah. sound advice. It's good. Well, you have, you've, you've alluded to the fact that it was hard and it's scary to get started. Mm-hmm. And I have too, it was hard and scary to get started. Everybody feels that way. No matter how confident they come across today, they all had their first video at some point and it was bad. Scroll to the bottom of my YouTube channel and you're, you'll see a video felt so awkward you just feel so awkward and not anymore like it's, it goes away it goes away yeah. just got to practice let's let's end on this question on pondering this question if um if you could have had and en- done anything else with your life would you have or are you so glad and so happy that you put the time in to put yourself out there and build your business online I would not change a thing with the history of my life. And I I am not a, I should have done this. I wish I would have mm-hmm. done that kind of person. I look back historically and think every, every experience that I had made me who I am today, even the bad ones. I mean, I had the worst of worst client experiences, losing hundreds of thousands of dollars on bad clients, bad projects, bad scope, just messy, messy stuff. Had employees that hung me out to dry and I had to clean up the mess of my own business. And I blame myself for too much leash for some of those people and not enough management on my side. And I look back on all of it and and getting laid off and you know worrying about supporting my family and things. I all of that stuff is all just part of what gives me the ability to speak on a platform today about how do you build a business, a freelance business or an online business or grow an agency or whatever. It it all makes it so that I can speak on those things. And so I can have empathy for talking about marketing terms. Mm -hmm. If I can have empathy for my target customer you can't have empathy if you haven't gone through it yourself. And um, so, yeah, I would not, I would not change a thing. And today I'm mostly living the dream. Like I love my life. I make content, I make videos, I sell courses, I write books, I do podcasts and coaching, one-on-one coaching. And I, I love everything about what I do today, but there's no way I could be doing what I'm doing had I not gone through all of that, the, the stuff to get here. So mm-hmm. uh, don't wish away your past. And, and I think looking forward, just make sure that you're take the step. You're, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be 60 years old. And what is your legacy going to be? 
Mm -hmm. Are you going to still be working, thinking, I wish that I would have started that business when I was 30, like I never got the guts to do it. Yeah, that's a lot more likely that you'll be kicking yourself for not doing it than you will be kicking yourself for having done it. Yeah. 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 I'm very similar to you. I don't regret things because I think that at the time you made the right decision for the information you had and what you were yeah. doing at the time. The only thing I would say is 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 I I do wish I'd I'm obviously earlier in my journey and much earlier than you. I do I wish I'd like started earlier. For being old now, is, but, no, <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just kidding. But but I had I had a really good career where I understood tech and web design and how the whole systems thing hangs together and data and yeah. i also know that having gone through that i understand how to manage projects how scope goes wrong how to do all that kind of stuff i then came into the entrepreneurial business side having to learn that a bit later and i i only wish that at, during that time i'd spent more time with the business leaders trying to figure mm. out what are they doing yeah versus versus being in my specialist area and this is perhaps mm. something for for your for both our audiences yeah. in that, you know, you're great at your skill set. You know, I might be a great creative. I might be a great graphic designer or whatever, but I'm not necessarily a good business person. And that's a mm -hmm. different skill set that you've, you've now got to bolt on to be mm -hmm. able to build your creative business. And mm -hmm. um, in my case, you know, to build my business out, I, I had to learn those a bit later and the online space and the marketing side of things, which is obviously, you know, we're still on that journey. So yeah, yeah. Right. Good advice. Good advice. Real. All right. We've had a fantastic conversation. It's so been an absolute blast talking to you. We, I think we talked about the economy. We talked about uh, beer. We've talked about everything, I yeah. think. Yeah, and, it um, super it's, fun. It's been really fab. So thank you so much thank for joining you. us today, Mike. Okay. Thanks so much. It was so fun Real. chatting with you. Thanks. I'll speak again soon. Okay. And I will pop your, your YouTube video in my show notes as well. So we can, uh, we can check that out. Thanks. It's been really great talking to you. Thank Super you so much. Super fun. Thank you. Real. Right. Have a lovely rest of day. All right. You too. See ya. Take care. Bye. Bye. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it. Yeah.